Hello, and welcome to Veins of Gold, Finding God's Treasure in a Dirt-Covered World. This is a podcast from Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. Now, let's join Pastor Ryan Christopher as he digs into this week's program. All right, I'm excited about today, and I'm going to tell you something. Um, I, you know, Pastor Rex was on here the past couple of weeks, and he was uh, he was giving his interview, and and uh, he always had a sign off, you know, with his uh, with his radio program. So I didn't want to I didn't want to come on here and uh, and start anything uh, anything like that. Uh, but you know what? Maybe over the course of the next four, five, six, seven weeks or something, I'll come up with something to, to uh, sign off on. But uh, but I'll just tell you right now, today's topic is is something to uh, something not to be worried about, you know, because I don't think that necessarily that any of these things that we'll be talking about today are new. Any of these problems that we'll be talking about today are new. Um, but I do want to say this: they are important to uh, not only bring up and to uh, to recognize, but also things that we need to work on. In a in a strong fashion, a strong way. If if there's anything out there that we need to uh, that we need to uh, make sure that we are diligent with, it is this thing called the church. You know, God tells us in the Word that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That is the big C church. There are churches out there, small buildings made up of people that certainly fail and fall apart and die and turn into ghost towns. Um, but today we'll be talking about what we think keeps, no, what we know keeps people from believing our words. When it comes to Christianity, when it comes to witnessing, when it comes to giving people the word of God, what keeps them from biting? And you use a fishing analogy in the sense that you're throwing that out there uh, for these fish but they're not biting. Why aren't they biting? Why aren't they? Why do they? Uh, why do they? Uh, why do they say no to us? Um, why do they say no to the, the Christianity as a whole? Why do they say no ultimately to Jesus? And many times it has to do with personal things about us. It's not so much that they would reject Jesus if they actually saw someone who tried to be like Jesus. And so when we say, you know, why aren't they biting? Why aren't the fish biting? Uh, the, the sermon that we're kind of bringing a lot of this from is, uh, is the sermon, they, they're not buying it. And let me tell you something about this, guys. We're, some people are putting the product out there. And product sounds almost heretical to say, but some people are putting Jesus out there and witnessing for Jesus and people just aren't having it. Now, that's a carnal thing. That's something certainly people have been doing uh, since the beginning of, of time is rejecting God and doing it on, you know, on their own time. And then, of course, dying and being eternally separated from him. That's something that's been going on forever. But why is it that someone who is being witnessed to on a regular basis and talked to about Jesus, why is it that they continue to, uh, to reject us? Uh, we're going to go into some verses today. Uh, you'll be, uh, if you've been in church in any amount of time, then you'll be recognized the verses, but you may not recognize them if you've not been in church for any amount of time. The, the, the apostle Paul, who is considered, uh, a tremendous, tremendous teacher, if not one of the greatest, 
um, teachers of all time of the Word of God, wrote a third of the New Testament. Um, now just quickly speaking, he was a murderer of Christians. He went around persecuting them. He would hold the clothes and cloaks of the people who were stoning Christians to death. Then God gets a hold of him, uh, strikes him blind for just a, for a, a short time period, uh, a matter of days, if you will, where he is uh, at least uh, considerable blurred vision and is on his knees before God, and God calls him to be one of the greatest apostles of all time. Paul has been arrested. In Acts chapter 26, he finds himself before Agrippa, and so he is speaking to him. Now, I'm going to read quite a number of verses today, but we'll go through it and we'll talk through it. And, uh, and, and, and just kind of dissect as we go and then talk about maybe, maybe we'll talk about, uh, over two weeks, this, this issue, but I think probably we'll be able to handle this today. Um, and then maybe touch on it another week, but here we go. Acts chapter 26 says this, then Agrippa said unto Paul, thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee touching all things whereof I'm accused of the Jews. So Paul is excited. Okay. He's excited to be here. I mean, Ryan, why in the world would you be excited about being in chains? It's because it is ordained to the Lord. The Lord knew it was going to happen. Paul uh, may not have known he was going to be arrested at a certain time, but he knows that wherever he is with the opportunity to speak for himself means he'll have an opportunity to speak for Jesus. And so then he is excited about that opportunity to speak for Jesus. He's before Agrippa. Verse 3, especially because I know thee to be an expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews, wherefore I beseech ye to hear me patiently. Agrippa, you understand the Jews, basically, Paul says, and I'm glad to be here because you understand Jewish culture, you understand the Jews, you understand what they could have uh, been doing to me all along. Verse 4, my manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews. Verse 5, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee, and now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come, for which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible to you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem and many of the saints did. I shut up in prison having received authority from the chief priest, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. So Paul's basically admitting. He said, listen, I was against this group, this sect called the Christians. I was against them. I was I was going to their house. I was, I was a modern-day terrorist. I was going and beating down doors and grabbing them out of their homes and watching them be killed. And I would actually testify against them. Verse 11. And I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them unto, unto strange cities. He, he's even he's in telling them, so listen, we'll let you go if you'll renounce or if you'll say this or you'll say that. I mean, it's just awful, awful stuff that Paul was involved with. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way of light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me, 
and them which journeyed with me. So uh, he sees this bright light. He's fallen to the ground. Verse 14, and when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Now think about this. This is a guy who has been going around persecuting Christians with everything he has. I mean, if there was a torture tactic that was allowed by Jewish law, you can rest assured Paul knew what it was and how to inflict it upon people. And here he is in the midst of this, and he is saying, look, I was on my way to do this very thing in Damascus. God strikes me down. We're all down on our knees. And all of a sudden, I hear this voice, Saul, so why, why persecutest thou me? He asks who it is, and it says, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. But then he says this in verse 16. He says this in verse 16. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I appear unto thee. Listen, how in the world, this is so good. This is so good. How in the world does Jesus pick his servants? I mean, my God, I think about myself, how in the world he'd pick somebody as wretched as me and make me into someone new and decide to use me. I'll tell you why he's using Paul, and I'll tell you why he uses people like me and you who have messed up so much in the, in the past. I'll tell you why he's doing that. He's doing that to bring himself glory. He can take the worst of the worst, and he can bring himself glory. We can't, You can't beat that, folks. You can't beat that with a stick. I mean, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. He will take the, the least likely people, and he will use them in an amazing way so that he gets the glory. Verse 17, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. And they may receive forgiveness of sin, inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient obedient unto the heavenly vision. I mean, Paul, but it's funny that he says that I was not disobedient as if he could be. I mean, wait a second. These, this, this vision, this what's happening before you, you fall into your knees. You know good and well something happened. You ain't about to say no. Now, you say, technically, did he have a chance to do this? Sure. Ch technically, he had a chance to say he wouldn't do it, but he was going to do it. It ain't no, there's no doubt about that. This is coming down to what God wants and his, his ordained truth. I mean, this is what, this is what we're talking about. I mean, his, his ordained truth and what God, God wants, uh, Paul to do. And he sure enough jumps about it. But showed first unto them Damascus at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then the Gentiles and they should repent unto God and do the works meet for repentance. So Paul goes out and starts doing the very thing he's been told. For these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continued unto this day witnessing both the small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets of Moses did say should come. Now here's Paul saying, listen, I have been preaching everywhere. That's why they got me in here before you. They don't like me preaching this message of Jesus. You know that I didn't start out a follower of Jesus. I had to have seen something that got me on this track because I would have never chosen this for myself. Verse 22, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue to this day witnessing both the small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets of Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. 
And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. What does he say here? He says, Paul, you've gone crazy. You've lost your mind. I have known you for too long to be watching this happen and to see you go absolutely crazy. You, 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 you've lost your mind. And here, here's what it goes from here. Here's what we go, uh, verse 24. I'm going to start that one again. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad. I'm not crazy. Most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness for the king knoweth of these things before whom also I speak freely for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him for this thing was not done in a corner. This wasn't this. You, you've known these details, man. You've known this. You've known what this is all about. This Christianity has not been hidden in a corner. They've been spreading it since day one. They've been spreading it since day one. King Agrippa, believe in verse 27. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost, oh my goodness, here's the point. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. My goodness. And then Paul, of course, and just to put these, these verses to the side, then Paul, of course, says, Oh, I wish you and everybody here, I wish they all could, I wish they all could come to believe Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That would be, that'd be tremendous for Paul. That'd be tremendous for Paul. Well, folks, I wonder why, after all of that, I wonder why Agrippa just could not come to a faith in Jesus. Well, I can tell you why most people don't come to a faith, and that's because of people. All right? It isn't, yes, they make their own decision, and we understand that, but many times they're making the decision. Look, 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 here's the thing. Most of us look like we're selling snake oil. Most of us look like and sound like we're selling a, a, a jalopy of a car. We're selling a lemon of a car to someone, and and uh, we and because of that, because of that, because we sound like the, the uh, proverbial used car salesman. I know there's great ones out there, but... The proverbial one is that, you know, it's a hunk of junk and I'm going to sell it to you for way higher than it should be sold for. That's what we seem to be. I mean, in, in, all, in all honesty, it's very sad that that's the case, but it's the truth. That's what a lot of people see us as, used car salesmen. And that's not what we want to be seen for. We want to be, we want to be known for the fact that we love the Lord and that we follow the Lord. There's a hundred different sermons we can preach on this, folks. I mean, Agrippa is at a pivotal moment. He said, you just about got me. You just about got me, but I just can't do this. I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. And so then we look at the Acts and we realize that there's a story to tell. There's a story to tell those people out there, but that story has to be a genuine story for you. It has to be a genuine story for you. People are watching you. That's what you have to understand. And so then when, they, when, they're, when they're out there, you say, well, Ryan, I'm going to fail. What, what happens when I fail? Look, you, you're going to fail. But if you fail deliberately, like if you just decide, hey, I'm just going to live for the devil, you might want to check your own salvation, okay? You might want to check what you really believe before you start, you know, getting in, uh, getting into all this. You might, might want to check what you have inside of you if you think, hey, I can do whatever I want to do and God's going to be okay with that because that's not the case and that's not what Scripture teaches. And so, uh, so folks here, here it is. You're going to have to tell your story many times, just acting that story out because they're going to see you and, uh, they're going to see your behaviors, 
how you're treating other people. They're going to see all that. They're going to use an as an they're going to use it as an excuse to not follow God like they should. They're going to do it as an uh, with an excuse that, that hey, listen, uh, look at look at him over here. He's the one that says he's a Christian. He's the one that says that uh, that he's uh, he's all about that and he's all about what the Lord says and everything. But look at him. He's just doing whatever he wants to do. He's doing whatever he wants to do. And folks, that's not that's not the goal. That's not the goal is to do what we want to do. It's to do what God wants to do. So that when they see you do whatever you want to do and you follow the flesh, folks, let me promise you this. Let me promise you this. When you follow the flesh instead of Jesus Christ, they're watching. And when you do that, all they need is one excuse. All they need is one excuse to do whatever they want to do. So, folks, what I'm asking you today, I'm saying, listen, listen, these people, if if, if people you're witnessing to are watching you and wanting to know uh, if you're real or not, and then they find out, quote, that you're not in the sense that you're going to do what you want to do when you want to do it, then uh, then they have an excuse. And they say, listen, I'm not going to follow that. I'm not going to go that direction. I mean, I love to witness. And I was just, you know, when I was preaching the sermon, I mean, I, I remember the, the song said, I love to tell the story. It will be my theme in glory. To tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I'm t- you love to tell it, but listen, telling it is one thing. That is casting a line out there for the fish to catch. But in the midst of that, folks, if we're not living the life, then they're just going to stare at us and say, no, 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 I'm not going there. I mean, look, look, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is just like... Agrippa is so close and all these people out there that we're witnessing to, and I hope you're witnessing. If you're not, you're not even in the will of God. You're supposed to be witnessing to somebody, okay, to somebody. So so it, here it is. It's so close. These people are coming so close to believing, but they just turn their backs on it when they realize some of the, these awful things happen um, within the church. They they just, they just they reject it. It's like the golf ball is just about to fall into the hole and doesn't. I mean, they get to stand there for a little while. When that golf ball sits there and it's on the edge, they get to stand there for like 25 seconds or something like that, waiting on these things to fall in. Um, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do. But that almost, that ball almost falling in, that's how some people's faith are. It's just almost believing and almost putting everything toward and everything uh, everything um, into their belief and putting 100% into their faith, almost, but not quite enough. Not quite enough. And that's scary. So Agrippa, you know, Agrippa uh, couldn't wrap his mind around all this. He, can't, he, he couldn't wrap his mind all around this. He, you know, Paul, you're, you're crazy. That all of this learning that you've done, all this schooling that you've done, all this different things that you've gone mad, you've gone crazy. He said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not mad at all. I'm not crazy at all. That's not who I am at all. And so he then begins to teach about where he, or he, he at least then begins to say, listen, I'm hoping that what you'll do is you'll believe in the midst of all this. I'm hoping that you, not only will you, you know, drop into the hole, you know, if you will, the, the golf ball into the hole, not only will you drop into it, many others will drop into it as a result. And that's always, that's always something uh, that we can, we can hope for that the more, the more people we talk to, the more chance we're going to have to see people come to Jesus as Lord and savior. But folks, we got to witness. We got to witness. We've got to tell them about Jesus and we got to keep moving forward. Um, there's no doubt about that. And so here we are with uh here we are with you know the beginning of all this. Now look, why aren't they why aren't they buying our story? Why aren't they buying the witnessing story? Why aren't they buying what it is that we're we're saying to them? 
Well, the first thing is the first thing is we looked at the you know the other night. First thing is the leaders are lying, folks. There's a certain thing. There's something called integrity. There's something called integrity, and that integrity means a lot. Okay, and so here's the thing. When you're a Christian leader, you say, well, Ryan, I'm a Christian leader, but I'm not perfect, and neither are you. You got that right. If there ever was somebody not perfect, it would be me. But I serve a perfect Savior, so it ought to be that I'm living my life as close, uh, as closely as I can to Jesus and him crucified. Because it, when Jesus did get crucified, but we crucify ourselves. We crucify ourselves daily. We crucify, we, we, we are in a situation where we are to crucify ourselves to our own desires and work toward living his desires for our life. And I know that you, uh, I know that you, uh, appreciate that. I know that you want to live it, but here's the thing. The reason they're not, the reason they're not buying is because the leaders are lying. There are so many Christian institutions that have, and granted, they're the ones that get in the news. So people think this is the way it is everywhere. And it's just not the case, but there are plenty of places that are being led huge and, and productive and what we call successful in quotations, successful, uh, companies and businesses where people who profess to be Christians are living like the world and they see that and they're like, why in the world? Why in the world would I want anything to do with that? It was like I was telling the other night, it's the cook that won't eat the food. I mean, I don't want to eat your food if you won't eat it. My heaven's sake, you, well, I'm the cook. You should eat it. No, 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 no. Yeah, look, it's, it's the parent that, does, that tells their kids, they do as I say, not as I do. Well, no, friends, they're going to do as you do. I mean, that's all there is to it. The bridge builder that won't cross that bridge, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But listen, true leaders, and this is this is an old business adage, but true leaders know the way, they go the way, they show the way. And and here we here we are in the midst of this. They leaders ought to be showing, they ought to be an example for others to follow. They ought to be an example for others to follow. And that that's the thing I just recently read, and it's absolutely broken my heart, but with Liberty University and Jerry Falwell Jr., who's been uh, basically, uh, asked to uh, step down and he has stepped down from the presidency at Liberty University. Liberty University is one of the most incredible colleges, uh, out there, incredible Christian college. But, uh, but Jerry Falwell Jr. was not living the life that he was supposed to be living. He was living a lie. And that's why people are not biting. That, that's one reason why people aren't biting out of several. They're, they're, they're not going to fall for this junk, folks. They're not going to fall for it. And it's, it's, awful to think about. Um, you know, they're each leader matters. Each leader and each individual leader matters. Are we telling the truth? Are we living the truth? DL Moody said, I'm only one, but I'm one. I can't do everything, but I can do something. Yes, you can. You can live for the you can live for the Lord. And look, you're only one preacher, you're only one teacher, you're only one Sunday school teacher, you're only one this, you're only one that but you do it in integrity. Whatever your job is out there in the world, you do it with integrity so that people can know uh, where you stand, where you stand. Folks, and here's the thing. Yes, people people can do some awful, awful things, but, uh, but you have got to somehow turn yourself over to the Lord and say, I want to lead from a Christian perspective. I want to lead so that you see Jesus every time you're around me. Don't you think that's a good idea, folks? I mean, that's exactly what he wants us to do. When we look at when we, it's extreme ownership. I read a book called Extreme Ownership by a couple of Navy SEALs. And in that book, it basically comes down to the buck stops with us. 
with the leaders in the church. What's the old adage? Everything rises and falls on leadership. Well, if that's the case, and it is, if that's the case, then the reason these people are not coming to Jesus, one of the reasons they're not coming to Jesus is because the leaders are lying. And, you know, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. was caught up in sin and some awful, awful things that he's done um, and, you know, stuff not even to be talked about. And now he is, he's, uh, he's, he's stepped down from that position. And I'm very thankful that we are going to be working very hard on making, uh, on getting Liberty back on track. Uh, it is, it is just awful. What all has, what all has happened. Um, but we, we are, we are thankful that God is going to do some stuff and is holding us accountable. I'm glad that God is doing things to, uh, move in revival and holding us accountable. And, and I hope you're glad of that too. I hope you're glad that God is doing some amazing work in us and through us and for us. Okay. But the, the leaders, the leaders, that's the, that's one of the keys. Okay. Eyes are watching us. Eyes are watching the deacons. Eyes are watching the Sunday school teachers. Eyes are watching the volunteers. Eyes are watching us lead. And they're going to want to see whether or not we're real or not. Okay. Cause there's accountability and we're accountable to, uh, to what we promise. If we're going to promise something, we need to follow through. If we're going to preach something, we're going to need to follow through. If we're going to practice something, we need to follow through. That is one of the biggest things, folks. That's one of the biggest things. And just to, just to give you an idea, just to give you an idea, when we start talking about, when we start talking about, um, you know, uh, all that, all that can happen through here, we're going to do point after point after point after point on why people are saying no. It's important that we remember that ultimately they need to see Jesus inside of us. Now, now, you know, back to Jerry Falwell Jr. So you say, well, I remember all kinds of scandal with Jerry Falwell. No, what you remember is Jerry, Jerry Falwell Sr., uh, getting involved with the uh, PTL group and and trying to help them and everything, and then getting blindsided by what happened with with PTL and Jim Baker and all those people like that. But but uh, I'm gonna tell you something. Jerry Falwell so impressed me, folks. Here, here's an example of good godliness. Okay, his son Jonathan Falwell is, has taken the church there at Thomas Road, but. Here, here's something that impressed me so much about Jerry Falwell Sr. They, they, when Liberty was struggling, it was struggling, folks, and uh, and they they were I don't know a million dollars in debt or so. It was something crazy uh, amount of money for way back then. Um, I can't remember if this is the '70s or early '80s, but I can I can remember the story. And you know, I've got the autobiography. It's an incredible book if you get a chance to read it. But he was talking about being so in debt that some of his professors could not, you know, could not get checks and, you know, but they kept, they kept teaching for no money. It was just, he said he just had a great, great group of people and just so thankful for him. But he had to add that money and it wasn't coming from anywhere. You know, he was a big faith guy. He believed in big faith. He believed in big, big things happening. So finally he went on, went to fasting and he fasted and fasted and fasted, fasted for 40 days on just juices and things like that. And it just, oh my goodness gracious, he lost nearly 100 pounds. But after the fast, now the thing about this is after the fast, okay, he is, he's been fasting, he's been praying, all that kind of, he didn't get, he didn't get the check right away. Three days later, he's thinking, man, I need to go on another fast. And his family is begging him, please do not go on another fast. You cannot handle this. Your body can't handle it. And you cannot handle it. I mean, he had already started introducing some of these uh, softer foods to his diet, but here was the here was you know a time where uh, where he, he just knew he just he just knew that he had to uh, start another another fast, and uh, and so what he did was 
he said, uh, he said, I'm going to start it. After day two or so of this, if I remember correctly, after day two or so of this, he receives a check in the mail for the amount of money he needed, the incredible amount of money that he needed to keep the college going. Whatever happened to good, godly, full of faith people? So in the midst of Jerry Falwell Jr. falling out of graces with Liberty University and out of graces with an awful lot of people, you you see senior who has passed away a long time ago and and well you know ten plus years ago he passed away and uh, and yet he is uh, he is you know senior is revered and loved and uh, probably was not the greatest of choices to to pick his prodigal to come and and take care of the uh, college but uh, but Jonathan has done a wonderful job with the church so back to what we're talking about about people and why they don't come. Uh, why they don't, you know, why they don't, why they decide not to follow Jesus. Okay. We're going to do this one last point. We're going to do this one last point. And then we're going to close for the day and then finish up the other, other eight points, uh, next week. Why do the, why do they say no? Why aren't they buying it? Why aren't they buying our story? Because Christians, Christians quit trying. We quit, quit trying. We quit trying to be like Jesus. Uh, we quit trying in church. We quit trying. Uh, we, you know, instead of persevering to be godly and persevering to see thing, amazing things happen in your church and with your people, instead of that happening, instead of that happening, we just quit. And especially during this COVID thing, it's like, man, we're starting to trickle back in and we're starting to have some good crowds, but my goodness gracious, there's still a lot of people that need to volunteer. We're still needing some volunteers as such. But here, we, instead of instead of tiring and getting beat up in the midst of this, what we, what we need to remember is Galatians 6 and 9. It says, do not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. You don't get so tired that you're fainting out, man. Don't get, don't get so tired uh, that you decide not to serve. You need to serve. You need to be a part of what God is doing. And, uh, and he wants you to be a part. Christians cannot stop. You know, let let CNN and all those guys give you the bad news. Let's give them the good news. Let's give them the good news that they too can be saved. Amen. Let's do that. So, and look, here here's the thing. You know, Paul's going through all this. He's in chains. He's in all these things. But listen, God will use a refining fire to uh, to help those uh, those people who need an intense relationship and an intense time with the Lord. He will take you through a refining fire and burn out the impurities and help you to know, hey, this is the area you need to be in. This is the area you need to be in. Nothing more, nothing less. This is where I want you. This is what, but Christians have quit trying. They quit trying time and time again. And that's not what you want to happen. Okay. So, I mean, some of God's greatest warriors come out of that refining fire. Some of God's greatest warriors come out of the refining fire where their impurities have been burned off as such. Christian, they're not buying because Christians quit trying. Stop that. You have got to get back into the fight. You've got to get back into this. And you need desperately to be a part of it and to see amazing things happen uh, in, our, in, our, uh, in our lives and in the lives of our church. We can't quit trying, folks. We have to keep trying. The, the, the leaders are lying and Christians are, uh, have quit trying. And here's the next thing. Here's the next thing that we'll talk about next week. Here's the next point. And immorality is rising. What a truth there, my friend. What a truth there. Incredibly, incredibly important that we remember that for next week. Folks, 
We're going to call it quits this week. I want to tell you something. People are people are uh, being saved everywhere. They still are. There's people still being saved. So I'm not saying there's not anybody out there to be saved. But we need to be bringing uh, non-believers to our church. And we need to hear them. Uh, let them hear the gospel and let them decide for themselves whether or not there's, there is a uh, whether or not they should be uh, following Christ or not. Okay, let's do that. But right now, listen, they ain't buying it, and there's several reasons why they're not buying it, and I want us to remember and know every single reason why. And, and, and that's going to take a, that's going to take a lifetime of effort is to know every single reason why. But that's why we're going to go over these 10 and you can just branch off these 10 and, and we can, we can, we can, uh, we can say, okay, we've got these. Now, listen, what else is keeping them away? Is it my attitude that's keeping them away from Jesus? Is it my heart that's keeping them away from Jesus? Is it my, you know, is it my walk that's keeping them away from Jesus? You don't want it to be any of those things. We're going to talk about many of them next week. I'm excited about you being here. Just like I said in the beginning, I'm going to try to figure out something I can say at the very end to to end all these podcasts for right now. Go with God, love people, and let's rock and roll. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Veins of Gold, a podcast of Mountain View Baptist Church. For information about our church and ministries, please visit our website, mvbaptist.org.